Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Thursday upon us with brought us some interesting marketings, to say the least, as we look at what's been happening in the trade today. Really, except for the nearby corn, we saw some really positive numbers take place within the market. And believe it or not, that included what we saw in the wheat complex. Switch over to the other side of the page. Not so pretty. A lot of red on the screen all the way across and limit down trade action seen for a while there in the lean hogs as well. A variety of things that we are going to check out in today's trade. As we're going to look at this, you know, we know bean planting is underway. Folks are going ahead of corn because of the cooler temperatures. But what about these exports? Uh, Worst that some have seen in weeks. We're going to talk a lot about that and more as Eric Kruger joins us today. He is with Smart Yield. So I want to start. It's been nice to see some normals happening, and that includes the sounds of planters and sprayers and anhydrous heading down the road past my place. And like you and I were talking, a lot of guys just getting beans in the ground because they can't do corn yet. Yeah, and, and, you know, I don't think anybody, as we were talking, is getting too overly excited. It's pretty early, you know, it's April 15th. If it was May 15th, probably a different conversation. But the big picture is, is across a lot of the belts, we've been a little cooler. It looks to stay a little cooler here over the next five to ten days. And then hopefully we'll see those windows open up. But a lot of guys, you know, a lot of guys getting finishing up field prep and a lot of guys starting on beans. So it's nice to see it at that time of year. So I want to ask this question because I haven't had a chance to ask you as of yet. We saw those numbers come out from the USDA here just a few weeks ago. And what are your thoughts on these corn versus bean acres? Are you going to see a lot of pressure from what you've been talking to producers about when it comes to what they will plant this spring? Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting. One of the things we follow pretty close here, and I think a lot of a lot of people do, is that corn to bean ratio and where we're at and where we were coming in to certain times of the year. And then once once we know what's in the ground at the you know by June, it's kind of set. And we really carried a lot of the winter into early spring um, in this two two point six area on on beans of corn. And then all of a sudden here over the last week, it's fallen to. 255, 251 came into the day a little below 25. So that swings back more friendly corn. Um, with some of the insurance numbers that are out there, that's a little more friendly corn. So it's, it's really going to be interesting to see, and depending on weather a little bit too, but how that shakes out and how we split those acres um, as we move along here into May. We did have the, the weekly export numbers, and as you kind of look at the, the big picture of it all, really some of the worst weeks we've seen with exports coming in. Yeah, it was, it was really just, uh, you know, uh, one of the, I guess you'd say, one of the duller weeks we've seen in quite some time. And we're getting to that time of year where some other crops throughout the world are going to become a little more available. So um, it's interesting to see some export sales lag a little bit, but uh, a little bit on the new crop in line, but old crop definitely definitely a lot slower. Are you looking at, I mean, I know China, there's been some talks of, of them maybe coming back into the market a little bit as they wait for this harvest to complete it in South America. Has that put some pressure on our trade? Um, yeah, I think it will. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things that we don't uh, talk about enough probably is what the dollar is doing. And, and the dollar was off a little bit today. And um, there, there's a little more a little more pressure that there's a big thought that we're going to see China maybe focus a little more on wheat um, for feed usage versus versus soybeans in that meal market. So we're going to have to wait and see how that shakes out. But right now, I think what we're seeing is just a little bit of, a little bit of fear that some of that demand might move away. What about what's going on in South America? Their continued dry weather. Are we putting too much emphasis on this safrina corn crop? 
You know, I was reading this morning, and it's kind of interesting. You know, that that's Safrina corn crop over the last 30 days, I think, is has been one of the driest stretches for that 30 days in the last, I think it was 40 years or something close to that. So it looks like, you know, they're going to continue to stay dry a little bit into May. It's that time of year from them. But they, they're going to need some more timely rains uh, to hit the numbers that, you know, the trade's guessing, and I think what was – Con Avenue, the SDA is guessing as well. Well, the soybeans were kind of able to hold their own. Uh, many call it kind of a sideways trade. What are your thoughts on these beans as we move towards the end of the weekend and obviously watching as well for some early indications of what the true numbers were in South America? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. We've seen corn really stretch up. We had old crop corn stretch up above $6 first time in a hand, quite a few years here. Very positive. December corn pushing the new highs on the overnight this morning. And beans haven't. Beans have kind of just held their own. We've been more of a sideways trade, um, and that's kind of helped that ratio come together, of course. But it, it's going to be interesting. We're definitely, if we start looking at and get through through planting here and acres don't change too much, we're, we're in a fundamental scenario where, we're going to have to produce a, a crop that's big enough um, to fill the need on some of the stocks to use that we're looking at as long as exports stay where they're at and usage stays where it's at. So I think there's there's we know that story's there. It's the reason we're at these levels. But if you compare that to years past, 2010 to 2013, really that area, and look at some of those comparable stocks to use numbers were definitely below uh, where the market was trading during those times. So a lot of other, a lot of other factors in play, uh, whether it's inflation, whether it's, um, you know, some of the, some of the bent up demand that's coming post, um, hopefully uh, this coronavirus pandemic getting it under wraps a little bit more as a world than just here in the U S. But I think um, as we get through that, there's, there's a lot of support on breaks. We're seeing that right now um, really across all, all commodity markets. So, Hopefully that continues. Are we going to see some continuous sort of correction, though, within these grain complex? Um, I think you can. I, I think we'll see some consolidation through planting. You know, like we were talking before, it's too early to get excited about. Um, and I should say this, especially with the, the expanded technology we have um, with planting. Uh, most guys can get most of their crop in in less than a couple weeks. So uh, we're a long ways from that being an issue. But, you know, I think this year more than any recently because of where we're starting with the carry-in we're going to start with on corn and beans, um, the growing season is going to bring it under extreme, extreme scrutiny here in the U.S. Definitely going to make for some interesting times as guys uh, ponder all of this sitting behind the tractor wheel. Absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, it's never easy, but it's uh, really thankful that we're at these levels compared to where we were a year ago this time. Amen to that. Stick around, folks. We've got more coming up. We'll talk quickly about the wheat before we jump into the livestock trade of what it was today. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the World Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. So we continue the conversation today with Eric Kruger. Eric is with Smart Yield. Well, we left off talking about what's happening in the grain complex. And I, you made a comment before you even started about how wheat has been kind of good on follow through in this trade. What are your thoughts on this wheat market, knowing the weather and everything else that's building up against it? You know, you look at the wheat market and you look at, you know, everybody's talking, of course, weather. You looked at the Dakotas and North Dakota has been extremely dry. It's been one of the driest stretches they've seen as well uh, for, for a long, long time. So 
we're going to need to see some um, some weather, some moisture come into that area. Texas is also drying a lot of areas too that you don't hear a lot of talk about. So that spring, you know, you look north in the spring wheat, you look at this hard red wheat belt. We're actually seeing some pretty good moisture into Kansas, but it's going to be cold. So I think uh, there's probably a little premium there, just going to hold that market in place until we learn a lot more about that crop here over the next you know 30 to 60 days and when it comes to cancellations they're not uh being withheld from either uh like the other grains but my understanding it sounded like south korea was just a, a movement of grain more than an actual cancellation yeah and i think that's what you know that's one of the fears we could see across all these markets is when you start seeing some of these uh some of these i guess you would say some of these sales that can get rolled or moved like, like you're saying, to to another crop year or moved out farther, and it, it shows as a cancellation for current sales. All right, head over to the livestock side. What can you say about the way these cattle have traded today? A lot of frustration. Yeah, it's, it is frustrating, frustrating, but it's it's been what, what a good move we've seen really up into this time period. We've finally seen cash kind of rebound up like we thought it could, get up above that 121, up to 123 last week. Um, you're starting to see, I guess, you know, we're seeing that basis switch where all of a sudden April live cattle are kind of par with the cash market, uh, maybe even a little below, which is pretty normal for this time of year. Um, we'll see peak demand come in here in the next 60 days. So you usually get through Mother's Day into that Memorial Day time period where we uh, peak out demand, but this year's going to be a little different. You got to step back and look at some of the um, some spendable income that we're going to have just from some of the stimulus money that we've all been given. Um, you're going to look back and and see. I think a lot of pent up demand on that side. All of a sudden, we're playing baseball games when there's fans in the stands uh, across the country. There's a, there's a lot of other demand factors, whether it's you know your restaurant business, your hospitality businesses that we didn't see last year. So that's all going to be a positive tilt. Um, but uh, the the big picture side of it is is uh, the futures have broke. We you know uh, if you look on the feeder cattle board, we're off six seven dollars from where we were at the end of last week. Over on the live cattle side, off over five dollars. So hopefully we can see some stability here. Um, but I think the overall narrative is going forward that over here over the next couple of weeks, the cash market should be held together. Having said that, there really isn't much year ago data that we can really compared to because it's apples to oranges with the with the shutdowns taking place like they were last year and a kind of reopening and a rebirth happening this year yeah i agree it makes it really difficult you almost got to look back to 2019 and that's then you're starting to really like you said it's it's a whole different look at it um, with data last year that wasn't even close so and we've never really seen uh, never been through at least recently a time where we've had so much demand on the sideline across the United States and across the globe, really, where people um, weren't out eating at restaurants and weren't out um, buying proteins except for home use in a lot of the country for a long time. So I think that's going to be interesting to see where that goes. We've already seen the cutout, of course, run way up. Um, Packer margins, as we all know, well-documented through the roof. So hopefully we'll see some of that um, some of that income come to the side. The other side we talk about a lot is, of course, have the, has that end user, has the feeder protected themselves on the input side of this. The cost of gain has gone up so much over the last six months with this move up in the corn market that uh, we're going to need some need to see the price of beef really continue to hold strong. So can the feeders kind of group together and push for the higher prices on the cash, especially as you talk, that demand is coming up in the next 60 days? 
Yeah, I hope so. You know, that's that's what you seem to see everybody out there asking for and hoping for. And we've seen a little bit of it, which is encouraging. You know, we've seen a little bit of holding out versus just uh, taking what's there. So hopefully we get cash to continue to, to stay steady this week, higher into next week maybe. What are your thoughts uh, as we get ready to wrap up on this livestock market in general, knowing the fluctuations we've seen in the grain prices? Um, you know, I think hopefully, you know, like I said, hopefully a lot of guys that need the extended coverage have gotten it. Um, you know, that's no mystery. That's something guys are usually pretty good at. But like I said, hopefully we'll see some of that, um, some of that demand carry over into some more profit on, on, on the, I guess you would say the, the producer side of it versus versus the end user side of it. So um, it's, it's going to be interesting with higher priced inputs, high cost of gains, but usually the the market transitions up and we'll see higher priced cattle as well. And of course, now's the time to keep that conversation going, which means what's the best way folks can get a hold of you? Yeah, they can uh, call us through 823-46805 or they can go online to mysmartyield.com. All right, that is the final, final bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss, so they're not suitable to all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.